This is Current Thought, Con Edison's podcast providing a first look at the cutting edge ideas, innovations, and technology that enable us to be an energy industry leader. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Anne Marie Corbelis. Innovation is core to Con Edison's business. And we have our finger on the pulse of the newest technology, ideas, and applications to help transition to a clean energy future and improve Con Edison's efficiency and reliability. This is the second in our two-part series on hydrogen energy with Sylvia Curum. Sylvia is a project manager and engineer in our research and development group, and she's looking at low carbon innovations and technology. And today we're discussing green hydrogen, a promising source of clean energy. Make sure you check out part one of our series to get the basics on hydrogen and the hydrogen rainbow. Green hydrogen is getting a lot of attention these days. In fact, in the state of the state speech, Governor Kathy Hochul gave state agencies just a year to come up with a green hydrogen framework to better evaluate its use. Welcome, Sylvia. Hi, Anne-Marie. It's nice to be back and to continue our chat about hydrogen. Sylvia, the governor has now directed the state to fast track its work on green hydrogen and develop green hydrogen hubs. What does that mean for us? Well, we welcome the attention and are excited to move further along in clean energy path that builds on the state decarbonization strategy. And as a research organization, it's even more exciting because we got to be the first one contributing to these goals. On our last episode, Sylvia, you shared the fundamentals of hydrogen. You called it a very social element because it likes to combine with other elements like oxygen to create water or carbon that creates methane gas. Hydrogen also burns like a natural gas, but unlike natural gas, green hydrogen is produced without any greenhouse gas emissions. Did I get that right? You certainly did. Hydrogen can become the next generation fuel to heat homes, power cars and generate electricity. And today we're going to focus on green hydrogen, which has so-called climate integrity. So tell us what climate integrity means. Well, it means that the production of green hydrogen is powered by renewable resources, extracting the hydrogen directly from water. And this entire process leads to zero or very little greenhouse gas emissions on life cycle basis. And because of it, green hydrogen is getting a fair amount of attention, some positive and some not that much. Why is green energy so important? We hear about climate change. Can you can you talk about that? Yeah, let me just give you a little background. So back in 2005, the electric sector was number one contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Since then, we made a progress in cleaning the energy sector, promoting energy efficiency and using cleaner U.S. generation fleet and now leading CO2 contributing sector is transportation. But that doesn't mean that the energy industry gets the break. We have a lot more work to do if we wanna limit the global warming, slow down the carbon pollution, and eventually reaching carbon neutrality. It is really a race against time. We made progress in power sector, wind and solar, and question is now how to take that low cost renewable energy and bring it to hard to bait sectors. And green hydrogen can do just that. Generating green hydrogen could help eliminate carbon emissions from vehicles, power sector, and heavy industries. 
It is predicted that green hydrogen economy could generate 140 billion in annual revenue by 2030 and support new jobs. And by 2050, hydrogen could meet total of 14% of American energy demand. So that's a significant contribution, Sylvia. Can you tell us how green hydrogen is made? You know, for the gas with no color, hydrogen gets referred in very colorful terms. So green in terms of climate friendly, I'm doing quotation marks here, hydrogen is made by sending electric current through water to extract hydrogen atom directly from it. And the key is that electricity to do so must come from non-fossil, clean, renewable sources such as wind and solar. Once you apply electric current using cathode and anode separated by membrane in electrolyte solution, just like you have in the car battery, you split the molecule of water, H2O, into two separate streams, hydrogen and oxygen. And this reaction is called electrolysis, and it takes place in the equipment called electrolyzer. There are three main type electrolyzers in the market right now, PEM, alkaline, and solid oxide. And you can think of electrolyzer as a fuel cell running in reverse. Fuel cell is powered by hydrogen and making electricity, and electrolyzer is powered by electricity making hydrogen. So how many of these electrolyzers are around? I haven't counted, but not that many. There are around 200 megawatts of green hydrogen in operations today globally, and about 80 gigawatts in the pipeline. We need much more to help production to scale up if we want to have green hydrogen making significant dent in achieving New York City and state climate goals. Today's electrolyzer represent about 15% of hydrogen production market share, which is expected to double by 2030. And green hydrogen tends to be expensive for just that reason. As we add more renewable electricity to the grid, it will bring the cost of green hydrogen down similar to how solar scaled, wind scale, battery storage, and EVs are scaling right now, electrolyzers are poised to scale and become much cheaper by taking advantage of that low-cost renewables, higher hydrogen demand, and new breakthroughs in R&D and innovation. What about the operation costs of these giant utility-scale hydrogen production machines? You mean electrolyzers? Yes. Yeah, you're right. For utility-scale production, electrolyzers will take up some space. And the operation cost can be optimized if we deployed both efficient electrolyzers and with high utilization. Utilization represents how often it will run. High utilization will drive the unit cost down. And if we want to connect the electrolyzer to the grid, we want to run it as many hours as possible, 12 plus hours. And we perhaps might need dedicated renewable power to do so. High efficiency is also very important because 80% of hydrogen cost comes from the power used to produce it. So effective conversion of electric energy in form of electricity to chemical energy in form of hydrogen, which really vary for different type of electrolyzers between 60 to 90%, can really bring down costs pretty quickly. And green hydrogen, has also other benefits that can be very valuable to the grid. Electrolyzers can ramp up and modify their output production very quickly, which today are the services we pay for to maintain a grid flexibility. So we need to build more electrolyzers 
what other challenges do we face in in securing the future of hydrogen in a green energy portfolio? Well, there, there are quite many. As part of the clean energy standard, 70% of New York's energy shall come from renewable energy by 2030. But how and how much extra we will need of that renewable energy for green hydrogen production is not exactly clear. Just by shutting down two nuclear reactors in Indian Point, New York lost more carbon-free electricity in a year that it can be produced by every wind turbine and solar panel in the state. So we need clean energy options and with better picture of full carbon life cycle, sort of cradle to grave, comparing hydrogen to natural gas. And right now the industry doesn't have really clear insights, let's say if it's less carbon intensive to burn natural gas or making blue hydrogen from natural gas. And the main difference is really in the debate about two greenhouse gases, CO2 and methane. Methane is about 30 times more potent than greenhouse gas than CO2, but CO2 stays in the atmosphere much longer. So in the long term, CO2 is more concerning for global warming. You're listening to Current Thought, Con Edison's podcast that looks at the cutting edge innovations and technologies that make us an energy leader. Please follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Con Edison. Now let's return to today's episode. And now we'll return to our conversation with Sylvia Curram on green hydrogen. What are the main challenges to get green hydrogen going? Well, main challenge is the cost and achieving economic parity with the existing fuels like natural gas. Let's say if green hydrogen is used for home heating, the cost of the incremental energy is bare by consumer, but the benefit really go to entire society and the environment. So we're missing that bridge that can make green hydrogen both profitable for production by commercial sector and driving costs down to make it economically attractive for customers as well. And this can be done using, let's say, right policies or incentive, let's say in form of green energy credit that doesn't exist today. And the DOE Secretary of Energy as part of the Energy Earth Chat is aiming to reduce production costs of green hydrogen from $5 to kilogram to $1 to kilogram in next decade which is still about eight times more expensive than natural gas today. But the idea is to make it cost competitive with fossil fuels. And delivery cost is a big chunk of the total cost to customer. And pipeline is the least expensive delivery option compared to today's trucking. But whether we build new infrastructure or reuse the existing one is yet to be determined. So you mentioned pipelines and we, we have a lot of pipelines here um, delivering natural gas to our customers. Do you see the infrastructure that we have currently available helpful in bringing hydrogen to our customers? Yes. Well, the lack of new infrastructure can prevent or slow down the wide-scale economy adoption of hydrogen. But you're right. Today, we can do something with the infrastructure we have, and we can start adapting use of hydrogen by blending it into natural gas. And blending anywhere between, let's say, 5 to 20% may be safe with existing pipeline. Appliances can handle 5% without any modification. 
And the blending benefit would be similar in some respect to introduction of biogas into natural gas pipeline as a means of providing sort of renewable natural gas product to customers. But to repurpose existing gas system, we must evaluate material impact, mainly due to the hydrogen embrittlement, which is probably number one technical concern. Can you tell us what embrittlement is? Sure, I'll try. So hydrogen has active electron that can easily migrate, so, sort of permeate into the crystal structure of most metals. Therefore, the only concern with embrittlement is concerning ferritic seal and not plastic piping for which we have substantial amount in our gas piping system. So embrittlement occurs when metal is under the stress and absorbs this hydrogen electron and over time causing the metal to behave in a more brittle like manner, less than a ductile like manner. In the simplest definition, the word embrittlement means make brittle. An example of brittle material is glass. It is strong under pressure, but can suddenly crack under the right loading. And steel pipes, particularly steel welds, can suffer from embrittlement after continuous exposure to hydrogen and making them susceptible to cracking. So plastic is a better conduit for hydrogen than steel? Absolutely. And luckily, we have a lot of plastic piping in the system right now. If we start with hydrogen blending using existing gas infrastructure, are there other delivery challenges? Yes, but nothing we can't overcome. And with all energy sources, safety is the most important factor. So once we get this hydrogen, and remember, it's very light molecule into our piping system, then there is this challenge of keeping it actually in. With hydrogen being the lightest element, 14 times lighter than natural gas, it can escape more easily from our distribution system or storage vessel if it's stored as a gas. So regarding the blending, we want to understand how well the whole hydrogen blend with natural gas behave. Um, does the hydrogen molecule travel together with the gas molecule? And mainly because hydrogen has different friction coefficient and makes this molecule a little faster than natural gas and it can travel through pipes more easily. And also hydrogen has one third less energy per volume compared to natural gas. So technically we would need a larger gas piping infrastructure to meet same heating requirement by gas. So we study materials we use to, for transport natural gas to learn to what extent they can handle hydrogen blend and what changes needs to be done in the system operations or material reinforcement because we would like to avoid at all costs to build new infrastructure. Are there other safety concerns related to hydrogen? There is this stigma about the hydrogen safety, but really the greatest difference is in explosive range between hydrogen and natural gas when it's mixed with the air. And the range for hydrogen is greater than natural gas. Therefore, the risk of potential hazards in transporting or storing hydrogen is related to combustion particularly at low temperature, is greater. Several industry-wide hydrogen-related incidents are ranked very low with advanced research with leak techniques and sensors for monitoring and first responder training. I really consider hydrogen as an energy source as safe as natural gas. So that's good to know. But can um, hydrogen be stored like natural gas can? Similar. Hydrogen can be stored both in gas and liquid form. 
In gas form, it can be stored in geological formation and salt caverns, but we do prefer to store it as the liquid because it takes much less space. And converting gas to liquid can be done through compressions and use of cryogenics and helping gas to pass through phase change from vapor to liquid and pass through the boiling point. And so all the storing in liquid form may be our preference because it takes much less space. Compressing it to liquid and passing that boiling point can be very challenging. Hydrogen boiling point is minus 423 degrees Fahrenheit, which is only 20 degrees cooler than space. And compared to natural gas, which boiling point is minus 263 Fahrenheit. So it takes a lot of energy to compress it to liquid. Are green hydrogen projects already on the way? Yes, momentum is building up for hydrogen. In October 2021, Governor Hochul announced construction starts at the largest green hydrogen plant in North America in town of Alabama, Genesee County in Western New York, supporting New York's path of achieving carbon neutrality by 2050. Since then, we have more and more projects being announced and some in our own backyard with the first New York green hydrogen demonstration in NIPA, New York Power Authority plant at Brentwood Power Station in Long Island. So this demonstration started in November, 2021, and it's looking to displace fossil fuels from power generation by blending up to 35% of green hydrogen with natural gas to generate power. And Con Edison is following this demonstration through EPRI Low Carbon Resource Initiative. And also just recently in mid-December, 2021, Hempstead Town in Long Island, really not far from my home and National Grid, signed partnership to heat 800 homes with blend of green hydrogen and natural gas using existing natural gas lines. So the result of these first of its kind project will be shared with the industry to inform strategies to combat climate change and advance New York State Climate Act goal to reduce carbon emission 85% by 2050. Sylvia, what are the final takeaways about green hydrogen for our listeners? Well, there are many, but I would say to make meaningful progress towards sustainable energy future, we need to consider a balanced approach that utilize renewable energy sources alongside the city's reliable and resilient infrastructure. This comprehensive approach would ensure New York City has access to clean, cost-effective, reliable, and efficient energy solutions without sacrificing consumer choice or adding burdensome costs. And I believe that low-carbon resources such as green hydrogen will play a critical role in enabling economy-wide decarbonization. And although green hydrogen provide indirectly electrification solution and allowing difficult to electrify sectors access to renewable energy, there is no such a thing as free lunch. Adding green hydrogen to our energy portfolio at the utility scale can result in shift of our primary fuel requirements from fossil fuels, which means less gas wells needed, to more sun and wind power for both electric sector and to make green hydrogen at the capacity that we don't have yet. Green hydrogen today is by far more expensive as natural gas with environmental benefits that by itself may not be enough to make it attractive economic choice for customers, but over time, cost is expected to drop. 
green hydrogen can become really new form also of long-term energy storage to maintain high service reliability for our customers. It can help grid to balance seasonal variation in electricity demand and avoid curtailment of green energy during low demand and provide backup during high demand or contingency. So whether green hydrogen will remain on path forward in energy sector and heating buildings and power sector depends on collaboration with many stakeholders and strategies within our existing gas infrastructure and renewable portfolio, such as locating hydrogen production hubs close to nearby hydrogen demand, which will keep overall costs down. And the detailed plans on hydrogen storage are currently being discussed at the state and local levels. So perhaps update on hydrogen storage can be a story for next podcast. It sounds like a teaser to me. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today, Sylvia, and telling us all about green hydrogen and uh, what we can expect in the future. Thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. If you have a technology idea, a comment or question, send us an email to podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. And remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle is at Con Edison. Make sure to use our hashtag, hashtag current thought. 